Hey, Pride fam, get ready for a brand new episode of Pride the the Podcast. Featuring special guest, actor, writer, and director, Andrew Meikle. So grab yourself a treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. Welcome to an all-new episode of Pride the Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Rehab Entertainment. Thank you, Teresa and John. I'm Darrell Anthony. I'm Ashley Mitchell. I'm Adam Andrew Rios. Mi nombre es Braden Bradley. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) We are so happy to have you back, Braden. This is a very exciting time. We are going to get into some hot topics today. But later on in the episode, we have a very special guest. We have writer, actor, and director, Andrew Meikle, coming on. And we can't wait to talk to him about his new show, Two Brothers, and ask him about the really cheeky scene that he has in the upcoming movies, My Fake Boyfriend. Can't wait for that. But before that, how's everybody been? Um, you know, life is <laughs> Surviving. weird. Life is weird right now. Life yeah. is it's a dangerous time to be a woman. Yeah. It's not it's not good. Yeah. Between that between women having to watch out for their uterus and watch out for being shot, um, it's just <laughs> it's it's just not good. I mean, so to jump right into it, um, I wanna give actually the floor to talk about her feelings on Roe versus Wade for all of our listeners out there, just to know, let let you know. Roe versus Wade was overturned. Uh, The Supreme Court decided that women should not have the say what to do with their bodies. So um, as Brayden, Adam, and I, we were all raised and loved by a lot of women in our lives to see the pain that the women that we knew and loved were going through on that day when it happened. And, you know, every day after that has been heartbreaking. So to start off, Ashley, I was with you when it happened. You did not have a good day. Please let everyone know how you feel. Um, It's a lot. (laughs) it's a lot to process um it sucks and I'm very sad and angry and confused and I just I feel and weep for all the women that are going to be hurt mentally and physically the women that are going to die because of this decision like it there's so much more than goes in that goes into it than just like abortion Right, like right. It, it, it's going to trickle down into to so many issues like I mean just so many studies like you know more women work and can have success when you know abortion is an option and it, it, it's just so much and you know I plan on having kids one day and I would hope that nothing went wrong where I would need to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if it, if it does come to that, I would like that option. Yeah. You know, I, do, I have no plans to get an abortion, like, in general, as, as a form of contraceptive. But, like, it's not just that. <laughs> right, right. And it's, it's just wild. And it's, it's, it's blown my mind. It's left me quite speechless. And I just, it sucks. <laughs> Yeah. Which is really, really, really sucks. And I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Brayden, I know you have been on vacation and everything. You were starting on vacation when the news came out about Roe versus Wade. So how was that at the beginning of your conversation with your family and your friends and stuff on vacation with that news? Um, yes, I was in Mexico. 
ironically on Isla Mujeres, which is the island of the women. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally on day one, the conversation came up. Um, <laughs> we all know that my family, my family is Republican. Um, I will say that they were shocked that the overturning happened, but then the deep down conversation of abortion came up and what that means to them, what that means to me, what that means to God, what that means to the world, all of that happened. Um, I guess net net my family believes that a human being is born at contraception. Okay. And I said, you know that a fertilized egg still has to make it up into the uterus for it to begin implantation, which starts the pregnancy. They didn't know that. So so that happened. And then taking a step back, I, my aunt brought up the fact, which my whole family knows, obviously, that it was considered for me to be aborted because Mm -hmm. my mom got pregnant with me at 17 years old and she was the salutatorian of her high school and had this amazing future ahead of her. And my biological father stepped away and didn't want anything to do with my with with my mom that he impregnated mm-hmm. right. and so my grandfather because of religious christianity believes made her have me mm-hmm. even though she was questioning not to right she had a bright future mm-hmm. yeah and she turned out, by the way, turned out to be the most successful woman in the entire world, in my opinion, um, still with me. Um, so my aunt saying that in the abortion process, just because it's the woman's right to choose, half of that quote-unquote baby is the father's choice as well. Okay. And my response was, statistically speaking, most women even consider abortions, the father isn't even present, i.e. me and my mom and our situation, the father was not present. Mm-hmm. So the conversation pretty much stopped there, but Islam Mujeres was great. It's a beautiful island. <laughs> everyone everyone should visit for sure for sure yeah well that that is you know i'm glad that you were able to stand your ground you know mm-hmm. you've always been you know we know it's hard when you are especially from a southern state republican family having to state your opinion over and over again knowing that you come now you're in position liberal so that's really good that you were able to stay your ground now adam to you as you know your niece is going to be having her second baby and you know your nieces both were pregnant when they were a little bit younger can you talk to us about how you feel that that might affect them if they have any issues with birth you know uh victoria's about to have another baby how do you feel about it it's scary Mm -hmm. and it's like she has no 
real access to anything. I mean, they're in Texas. <laughs> yeah, they're in in uh, deep of West Texas, and while their uh, views and ideologies align with mine in terms of like it's your choice. It's like she's like mm-hmm. whatever you want to do is your business. Right. Um, they don't really have that, and so it's like. Yeah, it's just scary. God forbid something happens to um, little baby Melanie, and she would have to be aborted. I mean, I don't know where she could go, what resources she has. Like, it's just, it's all very scary. Yeah, because whose life is more important? The fetuses, the the clump of cells. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The gun in a situation of like rape. This is what I also yeah. said to my family. I was like, oh, you want this baby to like be born and then go to public school and get killed anyway by a gun? Yeah. What yeah. did Sarah Huckabee Sanders say? She was like, will your children will be as safe in, in, our, in schools as they are in the womb? Or no, she no, said the reverse. The They'll womb. be safe in the womb as they are in the classroom. And yeah, like, literally, is <laughs> well, I, think, I feel like she was almost trolling in that moment because a little bit not, because that's not a fact that she said that. Mind you, after the Uvalde shooting, after we've already had Sandy Hook, after we already had the the high school in in Florida um, that also had the shooting, like it, it already like it's like so you trolling, you trying to make fun because that's like not true. Like the the Japanese former prime minister was just assassinated. Sure and that was that was the one gun attack in in decades, 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 decades compared to the three hundred plus thousand gun attacks in the United States. Well, while you were like away in Mex- while you were away in Mexico, I know you probably. Uh, saw there have been several gun attacks here in New York City. I know. I took a clonopin because I saw all the news. I took a clonopin and Tinder. I mean, even when I went out the other day, now when we leave the house, I mean, we always have said, like, be careful, but now it's like, no, for real, like, be careful. Like, it ain't, it ain't nice out there. Um, yeah. But actually, you had something else you wanted to bring up around the pregnancies and abortion. Uh, yeah, I was just, you know, just talking about <coughs> everything that, that it affects and you know, most of my girlfriends that I have have had an abortion, but all for different reasons. And, you know, I had a friend who had an ectopic pregnancy, which means like the fetus started growing outside of the uterus and like, you have to get an abortion, like that will kill you. Yeah. And like, now those women will not be protected. Like, right. it, it just blows my mind that people are so ignorant that they think, abortion is all about just like a form of concept like oh i had a one night stand and now i'm pregnant let me get an abortion yeah because no one and I mean, let's, let's, be, let's let's be clear like that is that's your option of course right of like, course I don't, I don't want people to think that like we all right support that. right, right. Whoopi says it best she's like if you don't want to get an abortion don't get one. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to marry a gay person, don't marry a gay person. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you don't want to be trans, don't be trans. Right. Well, and you know, so I we had a, <laughs> we had a conversation when we were on our trip. We went away to the Poconos and we were with a friend of ours named Alex. And um, Alex spoke to us about um, we were talking about the race of why they want this to go on. So actually, actually I think you said it really beautifully. So if you want to like that. Yeah, it was, you know. It, I think it's like 60% of abortions are white women. And so, you know, there's like speculations and talk that like it is in efforts to preserve 
white people <laughs> to, you know, because mm -hmm. mostly white women get abortions. So, you know, they're no longer the majority. So it's like, we're trying to preserve the race and make sure that like white people stick around, even though also the mortality rate is, is highest in black and brown women. So it's just all around fucked. Like it, it, it it's fucked on so many levels. Yeah. And it's wild. <laughs> it, it is a wild moment. And you know, I feel like with everything that we've seen from the guns to the abortion to the gay, we, we're starting to like really zero in on not just the action of it, but then the race of it. Like they're getting down to the race of like, oh, well, we don't like this and we don't like that. And this is becoming disheartening. However, President Biden did sign an executive order mm -hmm. um, to take steps to preserve abortion access. Um, however, as he understands it, it's gonna take political change to restore the rights removed when the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. Just to let everyone know out there who are listening, there are nine states that have banned abortion so far, including Alabama, Arkansas, and they really need it because they have a lot of incest, so there's that. Mississippi, <laughs> Missouri, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Texas, West Virginia and Wisconsin, and they are expecting a dozen more states to prohibit or restrict the procedure in the coming weeks. Like that's 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 crazy. I mean, those states have already they 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 had the trigger laws. What is it called? The kill trigger, the trigger switch that they immediately as soon as it went away. Right. The topic of abortion has been on the table since Roe v. Wade passed. So once once Roe v. Wade passed, each state put in into their laws, what we call trigger laws. So if and when this happened, their particular law would go into effect immediately because of, because of this. So they've, they've been waiting for this. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the people have been running on it. It's been a political push. Well, so, so my, I have a question. So a lot of things, I don't know. So it's like, do you think that like this topic should be left up to the states or do you think it should be a federal thing? That is a great question. And high level answers, I don't know. But then I go back to what is the point of a United States of America? Okay. What yeah, that's a good point. really good question. What mm -hmm. is the point? What is the point of having a country? Right. Yeah. Why don't we just all be states then? Yeah. And I mean, at this point, that's what it is. It's red and blue. Yeah. We, again, because we will continue to be broken up. If we cannot all be aligned on something or the same rules or access be provided for everyone, then we will continue being broken up. We will always have different ideas, different religions, different thought processes. That will always exist. Who's fault of this? Right. Mm -hmm. But if we can't, all have access to the same rights, then brain's right. We should just be a bunch of states. I mean, Texas has been wanting to do it for a while, so they're just waiting for you to tell them. Right. Like, to see, okay. this is... But this, the whose fault it is, well, deep down whose fault it is, is the American people, let's be real. Right. But whose fault it is, is Donald Duck. Donald Duck. <laughs> Donald Duck. Oh, not <laughs> blame Mr. Duck. <laughs> yeah. What did I do? Yeah. <laughs> um... Something that just happened recently, again, that was uh, passed down by the, Sen the Senate, the Supreme Court, um, was the, I think it was a Texas coach was allowed to pray with his, like, students and whatever after 
their football. I and, think it's football coach. And that, doesn't that force them all to be on the same prayer? Well, it was like I think somebody <coughs> came, like you know, um, was like, I don't like that my kid has to do this. He shouldn't be forced to do this. Mm-hmm. So then it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled in his favor, like, oh well, he has the right to do that. You know, freedom of religion, whatever. Well, that's all fine and dandy. It's like freedom of religion or freedom of Christianity. That that is what it is. That's what it is. Christians so are like, the only people that have it. If we're in this country, if which we're is yeah, awful. If we're exactly yeah, if we're forced to sit and like hear and listen to your prayer, then everybody should be forced to listen to everybody else's prayer, like mm-hmm. Hindu, uh, Buddhists, mm-hmm. you know, whoever. They're all beautiful prayers. Yeah, exactly. And we're all praying to the same thing. And yeah. so, if like for example, that happened in a Texas school, for example, mm-hmm. there would be riots. It would be an uproar. My child should not have to listen to this Hindu nonsense. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this isn't freedom of religion. This is like freedom to oppress other religions. Other religions. Right. Right. Because they believe that their book that has been rewritten six times is the only book. Oh, Darrell, six times? That's sweet. I mean, well, <laughs> more than that, but you know, you know, you got you got the dollar store versions too. But I <laughs> inside of it we like to, Yeah, yeah, for the children. Uh, sometimes for the adults that need it. Um, I, you know, we talked about this with a friend of ours, uh, a friend of the pod, Shantique, and it's like, it, it's sometimes we struggle. Like, I think all of us, like, we're, you know, actually your dad, the preacher and everything, mm-hmm. and, like, he is the only preacher that I know that leads with love, because a lot of things that I've been seeing lately hasn't been that. Yeah. And so I have questioned my faith for a very long time, because I'm like, you know, you go to church and you hear, last time I went to my home church, my preacher got up and started saying, gay should not do this, and I'm like, but you waited till I come back from New York to church on this particular day mm-hmm. and then say, like, yeah. it felt so very pointed. And my grandma was like, I ain't going back. She said, because I felt like that was pointed. She cussed him out afterwards. Yeah. But she waited till she was outside so the Lord didn't hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, <laughs> Ashley, have you talked to your, your dad, who's a pastor, about this? Mm-hmm. What does about, he say? About Roby Wade? Yeah, what does he say? Not specifically, but be- before it was overturned, I've talked to my dad about abortion. And I mean, my dad's aligned with me. Like, I don't know if I would ever, unless I had to, whatever right. abortion. So like my dad is pro-choice, but like personally anti-abortion, which right. is perfectly fine. It's just like, he understands. He was like, nobody should be telling a woman or anybody what they should be doing with their body. And right. that's yeah. my dad feels. so. He's- and that's how yeah. I feel too. That's And that's how Sonny Hostin feels too. That's how a majority of Americans feel. Yeah. Nobody literally, and like Adam said, for those of people who do get pregnant, say, oh, she doesn't get pregnant. But nobody, from what I've heard from all of my female friends who have gotten abortions, it is a very painful experience. It's a very lonesome experience. It's a very yeah. regretful experience. And like nobody, I don't, no one's excited about getting abortions. So that is honestly how a majority of Americans feel. Yeah. Like, and, but they're like not for me but like, right and like to y'all's point earlier like if the fetus is born outside of the uterus when you like medically need yeah. to abort that's, that's that's dire yeah and i'm like that's not just like a religious choice that's just science that's yeah. just right. that's just taking care of yourself and making sure you don't die like and then if your child has defects coming up or yeah. if you've had incest and you're a 10-year-old girl recently, and these have been about mm-hmm. a 10-year-old girl who she has to be forced to carry a baby that was raped. And it's just like, 
but she's 10. And what? Like, that's just weird. Like, yeah. why, why do you want to put someone through that instead of prosecuting the person who raped slash impregnated yeah. her? You want to focus on if she gets this done, she'll be in a juvenile detention center and her yep. parents will also be arrested for allowing her to do it. Yeah. And to what my aunt was saying on vacation, it, the father should be involved in the choice too. That rapist is not, <laughs> doesn't give a fuck about yeah. no, what this little 10 year old is going to be doing. Right, because right. nine out of 10 times, he's gonna get the baby's gonna be born and he's then gonna rape that as well. Cause it's a pattern. Like that's how that works. Mm -hmm. So like you don't, that's just crazy. But President Biden did sign an executive order um, mm -hmm. to try to ensure the safety of abortion uh, patients and providers, including setting up mobile clinics near the borders of states, restricting abortion access. It also seeks to convene private pro bono lawyers to offer support to people crossing state lines to get an abortion. Uh, people are really excited about this. Um, another part of the order directs the Secretary of Health and Human Services to issue a report in the next 30 days outlining additional actions to protect medication abortion, expand access on emergency contraception and IUDs, and increase public education around reproductive rights. Mm -hmm. To me, I think that that is really, really, really a good moment. And I think that education is key because Planned Parenthood is not an abortion clinic. Right. It's just not right. an abortion right. clinic. And a, yeah, lot of a lot people, of people think it is. A lot of people think it's an abortion clinic. But listen, we've given you guys a lot of knowledge. Ooh. We've given you a lot of education from what we know and what we have researched and looked into. So please make sure you do the research yourself. Mm -hmm. We are going to take a break. And we're going to come back with the wonderful and talented Andrew Meikle and hear all about his upcoming show and also his upcoming movie. I can't wait to hear about the morning. He has great pictures. It's an amazing time. So we'll be right back, guys. Get your drinks, and we'll talk to you soon. Welcome back. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I am so excited to bring to you today actor, writer, director of Two Brothers, Andrew Meikle. Yay. Hi. Hi, Andrew. Hello, hello. Hi. How's it going? Um, it's going well. I'm in I'm in Canada right now. Um, sunny, sunny Canada. It's very humid out here. <laughs> yeah, what part of Canada? Ontario, near oh, Toronto. Okay. Nice. I've been to Toronto, uh, but I have a friend who because I have a friend there and I might. I know people there, but I also have a friend who just moved to Vancouver, and he was telling me to come visit there. I know they're on the opposite coast of Toronto, but I'm ex I want to come visit, so I have to get there as soon as possible. Yes, yes, come to Toronto, and we will go out for drinks. Oh, I, you know, I love that. I love a, I love a good turnout. And you got to come back here to New York and visit. Yeah, uh, we were talking in the green room. You haven't been to New York since prior to the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. I would love to come back. I really want, I haven't seen a Broadway show there yet. I, that's one of my main things I want to do. Oh, you definitely have to. Mm -hmm. There's some really good stuff out right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Lion King. Um, that's I've one of my favorite musicals it. of all time. That's my favorite too. <laughs> what? I know, I, guess, I know, you know. I know. I just recently saw Aladdin, which is weird because I mean I was a theater kid, grew up a theater kid, all that, but like I haven't seen Lion King. Everybody's like, what do you mean you haven't seen Lion King? Yeah. And I was like, well I've seen the movie both I'm times. taking your black card. Your black card has been revoked. <laughs> no no <laughs> listen, I've been stealing what's funny, what's funny about that is I've actually been taking my a couple of friends of mine we went on a, a trip recently. I was taking their black cards and now mine just got took so yeah. pay, payback is payback is right, right. But listen, before we go into talk about theater kids, I'm assuming you also 
were a theater kid growing up, right? I was, I was. I went to um, I went to a music theater high school. I majored in music theater. Um, when I was nine, I actually auditioned for The Lion King when it first opened in Toronto. And I made it down to the last three boys, but they had already cast Adult Nala, and I was almost as tall as Adult Nala. So they're like, little Simba can't be as tall as Adult Nala. So, Damn. yeah. I was like, chop off my legs, chop off my legs. I'll do it. I'll do it. Right. <laughs> Damn your good tall jeans. That's crazy. So tell us a little bit more about you know, when you first decided you wanted to be an actor, a performer, like how did that all come Baby out? Baby Andrew. Baby Andrew. Let's go to Baby Andrew. Let's go back a little bit. Um, I've always wanted to do it since I was younger. Um, like every time my mom's friends would come over, I would always come into the living room, put on a show for them. And and one year I asked for a, a like a handy cam when I was a kid. It was one of those really old ones that you had to plug into the TV in order to use it. Mm. And I would just record everything. I would, I brought it to school. Like I knew I, I knew I needed to do something in film, whether it was behind the camera or in front of the camera ever since I was younger. So what inspired, like, who was your inspiration? And when you're like that artist or like that actor, like, I want to be like them. Um, it was actually Wes Craven, RIP. And Kevin Williamson, um, those two, I am, I am obsessed with them. Um, I love Scream. Scream is my absolute favorite movie of all time. <laughs> like, we're obsessed with her. You don't even know. Where's your necklace? I don't have my necklace on. My friend just bought me a ghost face, a ghost face diamond necklace, like, for my birthday. Yeah. Because my birthday is like, literally, last one. Literally right here. Adam we has have a painting like, a in his room. Painting, like, like Scream is huge in our lives. Like, yeah. I don't think you understand. Like, that's what made me love horror. Like, I've been some horror. Like, Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven are the it for me. Like, wow. Wow. What a small world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, wait. Aren't yeah, no. Um, near you right now? They're, they're filming the new Scream in Canada. Yeah, in Montreal. And I'm very sad. It's like, it's an eight-hour drive, but... If I knew exactly when and everything and where, I would drive out there. But uh, I wanted to audition for it. I messaged my agent as soon as I found out. I was like, this is the code name for Scream. Right. I was like, make sure you look for it. Let me know. I came up, so. I, Can you share what the code name is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's something, It's because um, I thought, too, um, it's, it's something scary, but it's not Scream. It's something very weird. Um, I actually can't remember the name. Yeah. It's in my email. I think it was like, I think it was like, I think it was a two-parter name. I think it was like two main. Yeah. And they're also filming, they're filming Chucky in my, in my, in Toronto too. The, the series, series? The TV show. Oh. I, that's what I'm saying. I need to move there because y'all got some stuff going on. So listen, let's talk screen for a second. I mean, I definitely want to talk about your life, but we right. So how do you feel about the rumor circulating that Nev Campbell is not going to be involved in the new screen? And how excited are you that Kirby will be involved? Okay, I'm obsessed with Kirby. I love Kirby. I'm so happy. Um, I read an interview today that uh, that she actually she was the one who reached out to them, and I was like, I was like, that's amazing. But I've also heard a rumor that Nev Campbell actually just signed on, and they're keeping it, trying to keep it a secret. So I don't know. I think I love Nev Campbell, and I was reading something that somebody said, and they said 
she hasn't been the main focus for a very long time within the past few movies. Um, and I felt her absence because Scream is about her. And now it's sort of about just teenagers now just dying. I liked Scream because it followed her, it followed her to college, it followed her to adulthood. And I would have loved to have seen maybe like Ghostface going after her kids in high school. It's just, you know what I mean? It's, it's now that we know she has kids, maybe they'll do like a time jump. I don't know. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Scream 5. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, actually, I actually agree with you, and that's what I thought it was going to be. I thought they were going to be going after maybe Dewey and Gail would have a kid. Just right. Because, you know, Courtney and David had mm -hmm. a kid. Like, give them a child, and they would be going after their kids. And I think that that would have made, you know, shout out to uh, Matt and the creators of what they're, what they're doing, but I really think if they could have done that route, it would have kept the focus because it was always about going after Sydney's family, and now it's just about kids being obsessed with Sydney's and what happened, yeah. Rather than like about Sydney. exactly, and it, and it's like you never yeah. really, like Gail and Sydney aren't gonna die. Like Dewey, no. I always knew that he was gonna die. Like Gail, this is her movie. Gail <laughs> is Dewey not was on borrowed time. Dewey was on borrowed time. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was barely making it. I just don't want Kirby to be the killer. I am hearing rumors that she and her boyfriend will be the opening kills, but she'll survive. Kind of like Jenna Ortega mm. and her boyfriend. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, wait. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. So no best screens. Oh, I know. <laughs> so Wes and Kevin um, were on first, you know, ten basis. They were right. inspirations <laughs> for you. So did you take any inspirations from them when you created Two Brothers? Um, not so much Two Brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm. I started off doing horror. My first two um, feature films that I wrote and uh, directed were both horror movies. Um, you and Darrell, like, right, are you guys like, like spirit sisters? We're, like, like, we're, like, we're literally, the, we are the same person. That, that Everything that journey. you have done and the same journey <laughs> is my journey. And now I'm like, I'm gonna have to slide in your DMs. We're gonna have to talk about how we can work together because that's pretty Yeah, nice. let's do it. Let's do oh, it. Brothers. Like we are two brothers. We are literally the same person. Like, go ahead, this is about you. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but I did take away a, a lot of, um, a lot of Kevin Williamson's, um, CW shows. He did, like, Vampire Diaries, yeah. Dawson's Creek, like, all that stuff, love which that. I, which I love. Um, I just love his writing style. I love, I just love everything that he does, and I love the fact that when you're watching his shows, you fall for these characters, and, and as the writer, you get to control what the audience is feeling. You get to control if they love someone, if they're gonna cry, if they're gonna be scared, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, that's what that's what I loved about creating the show. That's so amazing. I, I love Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek was so good. I cried the finale when Jen died. I was not okay. And the way Grant like, <laughs> like I'll see you soon, that was such a moment in television history. So I'm obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> what was inspiration? For, for two, two brothers. brothers, yeah. Um, yeah. So originally, originally, two brothers. It started off because um, I would I went to a trailer park a lot as a kid. Uh, my grandmother would take me to one every weekend, um, and I grew up around the same group of friends that I would see every single summer. And when I was a kid, I wrote this show. It was called originally called Four Seasons, 
and it was about a group of kids who are at this trailer park and yada 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 and we actually me and my friends actually filmed the first episode we like filmed some of it we were all horrible actors at the time it was awful it was like the worst thing i've ever done but it was fun <laughs> and then as i got older i went to high school um i came across the script again and i was like okay like i'm a little older let me revisit this script let me let me see if i can make it a bit more adult um so then i ended up doing that um i casted it it was called four seasons we filmed but we just hit so many roadblocks with the show with cast members that i just i just got i got un what's the word uninspired and i just i just put it down and then and then the pandemic happened and um, the stuff with George, George Floyd happened and it got me sort of thinking about like stuff that I've been through growing up, being black, being gay. And people kept asking me, oh, like, how do you feel? How do you feel? Were you ever affected? And I could never come up with the right words or how to say it. So I don't know, one day I was just sitting there and I was like, okay, like four seasons. Yeah, there's, there's one guy named, named Aiden. I was like, okay, what if, what if he had a brother? What if there were two of them and one was gay and one was straight? I was like, I've never seen a show like that where there's been fraternal twins, um, both being black and one being gay and one being straight and kind of showing the different dynamics and the different struggles and stuff that they both have to deal with together and both separately. One just being black in this small town and one being black and gay. And a lot of the stuff that my character goes through is a lot of stuff that I've gone through a lot of the stuff that's said to Aaron is stuff that's been said to me growing up and I just use the script as a way to to show what I went through that's great because I feel like we all suffer from microaggressions that we didn't realize were actually happening mm -hmm. until we're at this age mm -hmm. and it's like oh shit yeah <laughs> things are being called out and yeah. things are happening and it's like yeah. all the memories back and you're like oh my god mm -hmm. i've been like suffering and like didn't yeah. even really know it yeah and you took that and yeah and turned it into pleasure well art yeah. art right? yeah like <laughs> like as a kid someone someone called me a zebra once and it didn't really it didn't really like click into me as a kid i was like ah ha ha ha, ha. and then as i got older and i started thinking back at the things that i was called and i was like a zebra and i was like okay that that that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. we, I think we experienced in so many, you know, one of my earliest memories, uh, I was doing a, a play in junior high um, in my school and they had me play a monkey. And what was crazy about it is, oh. is they, I remember being like, I saw all the other actors getting into makeup. And I remember being like, do I need, wh where's my makeup? And they're like, you don't need makeup. And I didn't realize till I was older that they were telling me, that my features were monkey alike and I don't look like no monkey, but my features <laughs> were monkey alike enough that I didn't need makeup. Mm -hmm. I didn't need the facial features of a monkey. I didn't yeah. need the lips. I didn't, they were like, you don't need it. And I, I went out there and did it. And I, I won a lot of, at the time I was winning awards doing that in junior high and when I play and stuff thinking like, oh, but I'm, I'm making up for it by winning these awards. But now as an adult, it's like, what? Yeah, that was really messed up. Like that was really, really messed up. It's, it's, it's a weird time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, so listen, going on to, you know, another part of your life, you modeled and you were working at a runway. So your first runway was for Reef Canada. 
how did that feel? And do you plan on doing any more runways in the future? Like, is that something you still want to do? Rip the runway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was crazy because it was my first time. And, and, um, and I remember I was nine, yeah, I was nine years old and, and they're like, yeah, walk the runway. And I was like, okay. And I was, and I was just walking and there was, <laughs> this is going to sound really funny, but I just, one thing I remember is, is all these girls changing around me because they had to do quick change. Mm -hmm. And, and just me as a little boy, just like going like this all the time and being like, oh no, oh no. But I remember, I remember going to school and telling all my guy friends like, oh my God, I saw these, all these girls changing around me. It was like, it was like the biggest thing ever as a kid, you know, <laughs> little boy bragging to his friends. But, oh, but um, um, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say it's something that, that I would do again. I'm not, I don't, I don't feel as confident on the runway as I do in front of a camera, if that makes sense. <laughs> I get that. I, I hear that. I mean, I think you could pull it off, but I totally understand, like, you know, you have those moments of, like, thank you. <laughs> it's like, this is what I'm going to do, and this won't be it. <laughs> so right. I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how was your experience filming My Fake Boyfriend? Oh. Oh my God. It was, that was, that was amazing. Um, I had never, it was my, like, it was my first big film um, and getting to, getting to see everything, getting, I was in my own trailer. Ooh, it was like, yeah. it was crazy. The minute, yeah, the minute it didn't hit me until I walked up to the trailer and I saw my name, you know, you see, you know, Andrew Meekle as Troy and it's, and it's right there. And I was like, holy crap. Like, this is happening. This is really yeah. happening. And um, and Keenan was amazing. He was he was so great. I, I mostly worked with um, with Keenan and Marcus and film. They were they were amazing. They were so nice and so welcoming. And they were just like, yeah, like you're doing great. They kept reassuring me and stuff. So so it was really good. And and the director Rose, she she was great. And and just it just it felt. It was everyone was so welcoming, and then I got to go to the premiere um, at the beginning Yay. of this month. It was in it was in San Francisco. Nice. So yeah, so all the all the actors were there, the directors, the writers, everyone, and and it was just so amazing to be able to meet the people behind behind everything, like the writers. You never really get to hear about the writers or meet the writers, so it was it was amazing to actually get to meet them. Have you, did you develop any friendships that have continued past shooting uh, when you were filming the movie? Um, yeah, so um, I, met, I met up with uh, this guy, Matthew and Bukola. They, they're both on the film. Mm -hmm. um, and we ended up hanging out all weekend. We, we oh. did like a, a boat tour and we got to go see Alcatraz and 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 all this stuff and we saw the, the golden gate bridge and and yeah no it was and they live in toronto too so so we like we've planned hangouts and i had a booth at pride for the for the show two brothers and they came and visited and and hung out there so yeah and it's harder with like like keenan we we tweet here and there but that's about it yeah. <laughs> Well, that's amazing. He's, he's a bit busy. He's busy. <laughs> right. Right. He was on the floor. Like, we were just watching. And I was like, where is... Uh, Kid Flash, yeah. It? Yeah. <laughs> so 
so you grew up in Canada. Um, I don't know about you, but we were obsessed with Degrassi <laughs> back in the day. We're actually re-watching it right now. Right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Season three. Yeah. So good. Anyway, did you ever, like, get, you know, like, were you ever offered anything? Did you want to audition for anything? Like, is that your jam? Was that, yeah. Or <laughs> did you even watch yeah. it? So funny story, um, when Degrassi first, when it, when it first started, they held auditions and I was around the age where they were, where they were hiring and actually auditioned, I auditioned for the actual show. I assume I was auditioning for Drake's role. I'm assuming that's the role I was going for. Because <laughs> um, at the time, I think that was the only black male role that was on yeah. Degrassi, I'm pretty sure. Um, and I remember being in the audition room and um, I'm not going to say which actor. I may tell you guys what, when the cameras are not rolling. Okay. But, <laughs> but I just remember him walking out of the audition room and being like, we drove all the way to Toronto for this. And he was, yeah. And, he, and lo and behold, he got the role. Um, <laughs> I know who that sounds like. I just remember on camera. We'll right, talk after. right, right. You put a pin in that. I just remember looking at my mom and being like, "Oh my god, okay, okay." I was, I was like, I would be so, I would be so happy to get this role, but yeah, I would love to be on Degrassi. Um, I know they're rebooting it for HBO Max. Um, I auditioned for it, didn't hear anything back, so I assume I didn't get it because they're starting to shoot. I think next month. So um, hey, listen, maybe, know. maybe in the future, maybe in the future. Yeah. But um, but yes, put it in the in the email. yes, yes. And I need all your energy. I'm uh, I'm sending in a self tape tonight for another TV show that's on Amazon Prime. I can't say what it is, but yes, I listen. That's why I've been all over the place today. I've been going to get my haircut, trying to figure everything out. But yeah. <laughs> well, best of uh, luck to you. I mean, yeah. listen. The, you, as you know, and the, we, we know the audition circuit is so hard, and you know, self tapes has become a thing. Yeah. Where that people are in the room anymore. Mm -hmm. and I haven't had an in room audition myself since before the pandemic, and yeah. it's like I know some have started back. Yeah. You know, um, and that's something I want to ask you as an actor. You know, for all of our actor friends listening, do you feel like it's harder for you when you do self tapes as opposed to being in the room? Like, which one do you like better, and the benefits of both? Um. I love being in the room because anyone can send in a self-tape and I feel like the casting directors, they go through so many self-tapes. Um, but when you walk into a room and you get to introduce yourself and even if it's for 30 seconds, you're showing that casting director a little bit of your personality, right? You're showing them the difference between you and the guy who just walked in before you. Um, because the person who walked in before you could just walk in and be like, hi, I'm this person. Um, I'm about to do my audition and then they could kill the audition, but their personality and their, you know, whatever, isn't that great. But, and then you walk in and you're like, Hey, like, how's it going? Like you're, you're you. And, and you also kill the audition. And, and I feel like obviously they would go for you over the other person. Cause you seem more like, you know, more likable, more like someone want to want you on set. Um, but the benefits of the self tapes obviously is, you know, you can do it as many times as you want and perfect right. it before you send it in um but i feel like casting directors in the room they they like to see you mess up they like to see how you'll how you'll act if you mess up because yeah. when you're on set you don't get a thousand take well you might get a thousand takes but 
sometimes the director will be like, that's it, we need to move on. Like we can't do any more. So I feel like they, they would wanna see that. And with us in the room, they can see how you can take direction. They can't really do that with a self tape, right? Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. And I think it, you know, especially when you you get these auditions, which I'm sure you've probably gotten, and you're like, this role is perfect for me. This is going to be great for me. And then you send them the self-tape and you're like, did they even see it? Because I'm pretty sure this is my role. Right. And, I, and I definitely felt like that. Hey, yeah. What happened? Like, why didn't you call me at least for a callback? Why didn't you call me to say good tape? Like, <laughs> something. Like, tell me something. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. Like, it's just that waiting game where you're like, where you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, like you said, did they even see it? Or did it just get brushed in their inbox, right? You never know. So never know. yeah, it's hard. It's really hard right now. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure that you will book something. You are booked and busy. Um, what else is going to be next? I hope week? so. Yes, fingers crossed. What else is next for you? <laughs> are you looking to create some more things or are you just focusing on auditioning or? What's going on? Um, yeah, just focusing on auditioning right now. Um, I would love to start working on season two of Two Brothers right away. Yes. Um, the finale does does leave everyone in suspense, wanting to know what happened to these characters. Um, but as you guys know, it's all about funding and grants and stuff like that. So, Gosh. so uh, waiting for that because I want to be able to. I want to pay my actors what they're worth and you know everything like that and um so that that's one of the, my main focuses right now I'm hoping that the show does well enough that um that one of the streaming platforms that it's on will be able to like look at the numbers and say okay here's here's some money for season two right. um but I'm also I I would love to do a slasher next I'm gonna start working on a slasher yeah that is that is my goal. I need to go back to my roots, and I need to I need to do a horror. That's uh. I, I said those exact words. Yeah. Like, hey, you need to go back to your roots. All right, Andrew. Here's and what's gonna happen. You and I are gonna have a discussion. I have been so inspired talking to you today. To be completely honest, and like your journey is a journey that I personally have been on, and you have such a positive outlook on it. You have you you know what you want to do, and like. Slasher, like, let's go back to it. I want to create something with you because I feel like this is great. But before we let you go, I have a really cheeky question. So as we know, in My Fake Boyfriend, you were in a harness, um, and you also showed your derriere. So how did that feel? You know, like it was your first feature film, as you said. Like, uh, how did you feel doing that? How, why did you agree to it? You are like, hell yeah, I'll do it. Like, what was that process like for you? Well, funny enough, that was actually my underwear. It was my idea. <laughs> oh, so you were all in. <laughs> yeah, so, so it was funny because um, in the wardrobe, I tried on the wardrobe, and it was this, it was originally the harness and these, like, booty shorts, these black booty shorts. But, um, but my butt was too big, so the booty shorts wouldn't go all the way up. It's a great problem. And I had done a, right? Right. Um, I had done a, um, a photo shoot um, prior to the actual movie, funny enough, where I was actually wearing a harness and I had these black underwear that matched the harness with no bum. So I brought them to set with me and just, you know, just to see. So I showed the wardrobe girl. I was like, well, what about these? Like, these are mine. 
And she snapped a photo, sent them to the director, Rose. And Rose was like, well, if they're his, he's comfortable in them, let him wear them. So I was like, all right, perfect. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was already used to, to being um, like naked on screen because in Two Brothers, I am naked a lot. <laughs> there, is a, there is a lot of butt um, in Two Brothers. So I was already used to it. And I mean, it's the only nudity in the movie. So I was kind of hoping people would talk about it. So I was like, whatever. If, if they're going to talk about something, I'll let them talk about that. Right. Ah, give them something nice to look at. Give them it's something. A nice asset. Very nice. <laughs> all the puns. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We, we love it. Well, this has been yeah. amazing, and we really do thank you for taking the time out yes. of your busy day and your schedule to come in and check and chat with us here at Five the Podcast. So, you know, please let our listeners know where they can find you on social media, how they can follow you, and find your projects. Yeah, no, it was so great talking to you guys. I'm so happy that you guys uh, that you guys brought me on. Um, definitely, please, all three of you, follow me. Slide into my DMs. Keep in touch. I will. Oh, I already seriously. Followed, I already yeah. followed you earlier um, today, and <clears throat> yeah, we're gonna be talking. We got some things to do. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram. It's Andrew M E I K L E. Um, and then you can follow Two Brothers, which is at Two Brothers the Series on Instagram. Wonderful, Perfect. wonderful. And also, everyone, you can check out My Fake Boyfriend on Amazon Prime. Please go see mm -hmm. all of Andrew's amazing assets. And again, check <laughs> the show Two Brothers. Thank you so much, Andrew, for joining us, and we thank look you. forward to talking to you more soon. Yes, thank you guys so much. Bye. Have a great night. Thank, thank you. Bye. Bye. Hi guys, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, Andrew was like really cool. Yeah, and like you're like, I don't know. I don't know if y'all lost sister. Right. Do no, no, we, no, I think he's just you from another dimension. Yeah, <laughs> multiverse. a multiverse. He is, he is just like me. He loves Scream. He loves Wes Craven. He loves Kevin Williamson. He loves Dawson's Creek. He, he has two horror films. He has two yeah. horror films. <laughs> he then created a web series after that. Like, we just have we the just, same trajectory. Tra I, I, and I love him. And so I really can't wait for Andrew and I to sit down and get together and do something together. I think that this might be the right Andrew to actually do some work with. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, and note, on that note, no, I think we need to give our listeners some context on that and what that yeah, means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I dated someone named Andrew, and it did not work out, and it was not nice. Um, and this say Andrew, his last name. <laughs> this is what's all about. Him out. Yeah, it didn't work out. Wow. Um, Damn, not his last name. Not his last name. It's important to do that. Yeah, but Andrew Meagle is gonna be great because this is gonna be a great new artistic friend and him and I are gonna do a gay horror movie. Yeah. Slasher, like we, we, we're gonna uh, do it, we've already got plans. So mm -hmm. everybody hold on and listen to that because it's gonna be great. Are you casting me? I, you know I can't do a project without my friends. You know I can't go I can't to a party without my friends. You know I can't go anywhere without if, my friends. What if Andrew's like, it's a hard line in the sand you can't have your crew in? No problem, I will just decide not to be friends with Darrell. <laughs> Damn. Wow. No, I think I think we'll come to an uh, agreement. I think it'll work out. Agreement. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> no, not the not, no, not the blowjob phase. <laughs> <laughs>
Lock a finger in the hole. Finger in the booty hole, bitch. Uh, oh, not yo, Vivica Fox did say about uh, so did it say like it in his booty? Fifty Cent did like it in his booty. That's hot. And so did Kanye. I guess that's oh, what that's Amber. Not. That's what Amber Rose said about. You said that's not. <laughs> Yeah, Tanya, we don't like Nicki Minaj. We don't mess with clowns. But speaking uh, of clowns, well, I was okay. gonna say Nicki's husband is now in even more trouble because he uh, failed to register as a sex offender. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh! So now he's back in court, and she's taking about her man. That's my man. That's your man. That's, that's my man. man. <laughs> Stupid. That's bitch. who you rock it with, right? That's, that's the prize. That's a damn shame. Damn. Stop speaking sex. of. Um, Pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't have been that funny. It's not funny. It's, it's the, the transition. Yeah. Speaking of pedophiles. Yeah. yeah. R. Uh, Kelly. R. Kelly. Yeah. He better hope he can fly, fly, fly. No way. <laughs> <laughs> he better get them keys to something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yo, R. Kelly, if you really can fly, now's the time. Now's the time to get up <laughs> Dude, I miss y'all so much. I miss, I miss y'all so much. Oh shit! Yeah, he is, yeah. he is in big trouble. Yeah, well, really. he's going to jail for thirty years. And that's not even counting the case he's gonna have in Chicago, Chicago. So he gotta have that case. Yeah. Well, good riddance. He's trash. He's trash. But you know, a lot of people are like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna stop listening to music. He ain't done nothing to me. And I'm like. That's why we in the situation we in to begin with. Because the parents of those kids said, it ain't me. Like, that's why we're in this situation. So, like, can we please stop trying to sell our kids, especially our black and brown kids, but any kids, honestly, off for money or fame or any of that? Can we stop doing that? Like, I just wish we could get to a point where, like, look, if you're, listen, if I don't make it in life, which I will, but if I don't make it and I have a kid, I'm not going to pawn that kid off to try to make up for where my failures were. And right. I think everybody that, should have kids. That's why not. And they shouldn't be forced to have kids. Right. Well, now we're back there. <laughs> it's all full circle. Yeah, it's full circle. Bef wait, before we get into that, which me and my legal producers that are in my ear right now want to get back into that. Uh -huh. How do we feel about the sentence of Derek Chauvin? I didn't see what had happened. You know, 21 years. That's it? Yep. 21? Yep. How old is he? Who cares? 40s, 50s? I, would say he's I don't know. Or something. But why is R. Kelly getting more time <clears throat> for whatever he was doing? When well, this man he was running a sex trafficking ring. Right, right. But this man murdered someone in broad daylight. So yeah. to break it down, uh, a lot of people said this is how what happened. Jocelyn Maxwell as well, she got uh, uh, 20 years. And they're like, why she didn't get the same? Well, she, think of it like this. She was the administrative assistant, taking mm -hmm. the name. <laughs> so R. Kelly was the one actually performing the duties and then continuing to do the work. Mm -hmm. And then you had Derek, who he would dispose of the body so he should have gotten more but that's where we fucked up because he was protected by police so and and the blue suit so i i think that that's where the problem came it's in. interesting when we, when we on the topic of like how many years people should get um you know the jerry harris from the show cheer yeah he yep. has just been sentenced to 12 years for like the child <coughs> pornography case mm -hmm. um and i don't know like I don't know the ins and outs of that case, but it seems like the guy was 17 and he was 22. Mm -hmm. And which obviously 17, you're underage. 
but not not but but there's no but but I know what you're saying Mm -hmm. yeah I'm just like that I'm not saying it's right it's definitely wrong but it's not like a a 50 year old trying to date a 12 year old like it's like the the, I don't know 12 years seems like a lot but again I don't know like the ins and outs of it Mm -hmm. and I don't know if he did anything like well, is in his case, is it? I mean, another person seventeen, but when he was first talking to them, when they were a little bit younger, and the parents are the ones who filed the charges, is that why? Because the parents had control of that. Um, I am not sure. I thought that, that was, sounds right, though. Yeah, because I know I had a there was a guy who was a teacher in my school. He was an agriculture teacher. He was twenty two. Um, I was already graduated, but he was 22, and then he was talking to a girl who was 16, 17, mm-hmm. and the parents got involved, yeah. and they got him fired because they still could do that. Right. Okay, yeah. I'm reading. <clears throat> so Harris pleaded guilty to two charges involving underage boys, then aged 15 and 17, mm-hmm. back in February. Specifically, he admitted to sexually assaulting the 15-year-old in a cheer competition restroom and paying the 17-year-old to send him sexually explicit pictures through snapchat pan him yeah okay so you better get on porn okay yeah 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 he's 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 not it's that's not looking good friend. right see now and i'll play devil's advocate i guess like if it were a scenario of like he were 17 and we were in love and like we wanted to be together I don't know. I, mean, I feel like that would might be okay. I just feel, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that does happen a lot in the gay community. Like, yeah. I know that when one of my friends from high school, when he was, like, 17, he definitely was talking to some older guys. They weren't, mm-hmm. like, old, but, like, I think at least one of them was, like, 21, 22, and it's yeah. just, like, so that's why when I was, like, 12 years for a 17-year-old and 22, that just seems like a little much, but it's there's a 15 year old and apparently he's like assaulted in so. a bathroom, right? So that's that's out of pocket. You're out of pocket. right. You're out of line. I here. mean, but we've talked a lot. Go ahead, Ray. Oh, I was just gonna change a little bit of a subject. Well, I mean, not change the subject really because we're still talking about injustice and inequality. But do y'all remember Jalen Walker? Refresh our memory. Jalen Walker, he was shot a dozen of times. And yes, yeah, he shot like sixty times, yeah. right? Yes. So, the in comparison of the recent Highland Park shooting that happened over July fourth, mm-hmm. let me read you this. Mm-hmm. Jalen was twenty five years old, and he was allegedly committed of a traffic violation and attempted to flee from a traffic stop. And he was shot sixty plus times. This Highland Parker motherfucker allegedly murdered six and shot 30, attempted to flee from a traffic stop, and he was just taken into custody without insta- incident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think the cops guess, was guess which one was black and guess which one was white. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think at, at one point, one of the police officers was like, hey, buddy, do me a favor and turn around. And it was like, what? I, to who? Just to clarify. To, to the to Jalen, the Highland the Park okay. shooter. Yeah, the white guy. Yeah, uh-huh. he was like he came at him all nice and friendly. Like he taking the Burger King like they did Dylan Roof. Child, I still can't. I still can't. Probably get no. He probably took him to Outback Steakhouse. Probably went. Yeah, he probably definitely ate something good. Um, that's that's troublesome. And it's but can you can you 
honestly, at this day and age with Roe v. Wade being overturned, like, is this surprising? Since Donald Duck was put into office, all of this shit has been unsurfaced and it is unjust and it is unfair and it is wrong. But here we are. This is America. This is America and it's not okay. Well, I actually want to share something with our listeners um, that Ashley and myself went through. And Brayden, we haven't even got a chance to tell you this, so this is going to be your first time hearing this. So we went out um, for my birthday celebration and prize celebration. We were at Monster, uh, which is a famous bar in the West Village. Uh, Definitely a great place to check out. If those of you who know, uh, you can sometimes do cabaret upstairs and downstairs is usually very much dancing. And they have like strippers that come down there and perform on the stage and sometimes drag queens. We all decided to go there. I'm just giving a little... little, like, no one can. <laughs> well, you I'm, are for Monster. People go to Monster. Anyway, the Monster is, is sponsoring this segment. Right. Thank you, Monster, and not the drink. Um, so we're at Monster, and it's time for us to go. And myself and Ashley and Corey are heading upstairs to leave. Um, I think maybe Corey stopped halfway down. So anyway, I was at the top of the stairs before anybody, and people are running, and they're like, "Active shooter! There's a shooter here!" and <laughs> I literally was like, what? Because I was like, maybe I didn't hear it. People, I see people running, people getting down on the floor, and my dumb ass still standing. I was like, what? And this guy crawls in on the floor, and he's holding himself. He said, I've been hit. And he did have something red on him that it was red. I'm assuming it wasn't blood. I don't know, but he was, he looked like he was holding, he was crawling in on the floor. And I was like, oh, my God. And I swear to you, everything faded to black for me. It literally was like, oh my god this is it so i just kind of pivot while people are running and i'm like ashley Corey, we have to go back downstairs like why i was like they're they're the shooter and like wait what and i'm just standing i was like they're the shooter they said go back down the stairs and like i have a friend of mine named melissa she's on the floor in the bathroom she's crying because she's already been in another situation where she was at a mall and there was an active shooter there and they had to hide in the stores like everybody was running it was crazy we didn't know what to do we were just kind of standing in the stairwell finally I don't know why we went up. I guess we just we just went back up there to like poke our heads out, I guess, and the bouncer was like, it's good, everything's clear. And we were like, what? And then this one girl, I remember she had braces, she's like, no, they're shooting outside. And we're like, what? And then we didn't see nothing really happen. We we're like, let's just get our ass on the train and go to the house. Well, I had friends of mine who were outside who knew that it was actual fireworks that was happening. And they said, Somehow, somebody came running and said, it's a gun, they got a gun. And what were fireworks turned into pandemonium. People were running, I mean, people were knocking shit over in the barbs. It was crazy. It was the scariest experience that I've ever had in my entire life. And I thought that was it. I thought that was it. So what was the dude who had that red, whatever it was? We don't know. We did not, when we got upstairs, we did not see him. He was gone. So I don't know. If, because multiple people had saw him with that on them, like because my friend Alex was like, yeah, he had something. So like, there was someone who had read something on his white shirt. He was wearing a white shirt, it just like a vodka cranberry. He was coming from outside the door on the side door of Monster. He was coming in crawling. He was like, I've been hit, and it was just like, what? And I was like, been hit, and like it. Like, That's why I don't fuck with Monster. Like Brayden. <laughs> I tell you, they're sponsoring us. They're sponsoring us. So you have to I with them a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you the pandemonium that set off in that moment. And then we were like on the stairs. It was like, well, what did we do? Is the shooter going to come around to the other stairs? Because there's two stairways to get down. Like, how are we going to get out? What's the safest exit? What do we do? Like, everybody was 
it was wild. It was really wild. Well, that's just unfortunate that we are in these times that w- that's what that's what we have to live in. That's what yeah. we have to. Yeah. yeah. And we were on an edge thinking, like, well, of course it's going to happen during Pride. Like, they hate the gays, right? So, why would it happen? I'm surprised we haven't had a training yet for, <coughs> for an active shooter drill. Yeah. Oh, you haven't? Not yet. Oh, well, you need to tell HR. Not while I've been there. No, That's like extreme HR protocol. That's like HR 101. Yeah. I don't, I've actually never done like a, a drill for shooters. No, we've done one. We've you work at home. Uh, yes, now. When I worked at Columbus Circle, we never did one either for that. We only did it for fires. We never yeah. did it for shooters. One. Because that I'll be it. I do work in the World Trade Center, so. Right. Yeah. You got a lot yeah, coming. You got you a lot coming. Really, yeah. 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 I yeah, mean, yeah, they, because yeah. they told me, I mean, we are going back to the office starting uh, the week of August 1st for like one to two days a week. Uh, so I'm going to do that. So I'm sure that they'll let us know something. But up until recently, New York was kind of quote unquote safe from guns. Guns wasn't something that the city worried about. It was more like bomb. We had bomb things. We had bomb training. We also had trainings around fire. We just never yeah, had it around. Actually, bomb threat training. Yeah. And now that I remember we in high school we had uh I guess they were shooter girls. But we would say Mr. Locke is in the building and that meant everybody get down on the floor, lock the door, turn the lights off. For us, it mainly meant like somebody was like in the school who we didn't know. It was like some stranger. It only happened one time where it was actual, like an actual Mr. Locke. Isn't it unfortunate that our five to seven year olds in elementary school across the country have to go through these things? How traumatic to even have to go through a drill of an active shooter. Yeah, how commercial. I talked to my friend Michelle, who is a junior high science teacher, and I asked her, I was like, mm-hmm. how are how do you feel? And like she was she just hates it and it's so heartbreaking. So many people are resigning from so scary. So I mean we've had a guy we went to college with Caleb Strauss, he's resigned from teaching. Uh we just I recently saw Curtis Barber, another kid we went to school with, he's no longer teaching. I know our friend Matt Butterfield's been looking like people are like stopping teaching because they're like, I'd rather not. Well I've said this before, who my mom was a public school principal for years Mm -hmm. and now she works at a prison where she like works their school curriculum. She's safer in the prison than she is at the public school. I was gonna say she feels safer there. And there was a video of I believe it was the Highland Park shooting um, and there was a video and in the video you see the uh, fireworks going off in the background at the same time the shootings happen and people are running and somebody retweeted and they say if this is not the most American thing ever. Oh the Philly? The, uh, the Philly, sorry, Philly. They were like this is the most American thing ever, ever to be actual shooting going on while the fireworks are going so you see people running from the fireworks you see red white and blue in the sky and they're like that's that's how, that's America. I am so embarrassed. Yeah, I know. It's embarrassing. Yeah. I'm so embarrassed. I think I've said this before. Like, my um, line producer at my job, she's from uh, England. And she's like, we don't have this problem. So she's like, it's just very, like, strange to me how yeah. everybody reacts to this. Not everybody, but the people that are against it. She's like, I just don't get it. Like, it's not like this where I'm from. I'm like, girl, we don't get it either. Like, it's weird. It's, it's really bizarre. People's like holding on to their guns and like the lack of value of life. Yeah. For a gun. But, but, they but, but yet they're pro-life. 
Right. <laughs> right. Uh, the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy. Well, I want to end on a more positive note. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been talking about our trips and everything, and, and Fourth of July, and you know, going away and birthday. We and went everything. to the Poconos. We did go to the Poconos. It was a really good time. It was really fun. It was great to be in nature and mm -hmm. like be in a lake. <gasps> yeah, we got having a snake. We got to see <laughs> a mama, a mama bear, and her three cubs. We did in our yard. Oh. Yes, they like crossed through. They're black bears. They were black bears. They crossed through the woods. Uh, adjacent to our backyard, so it was just like black bears are friendlier than the grizzlies. They didn't. I mean, they I was didn't just like, like yeah. Adam was grilling, yeah. so I'm just like, um, what if they came over? But no, they wouldn't have done that because like we were all there and being active. Now we've left the food out for like hours or something, and nobody was out there. Then oh yeah, they would have fucked that. They would have came over and fucked it up. But yeah, we got to see uh, bears in the wild, which yeah. I've never gotten to do. So we saw a really family cool. of deer. Deer, big saw, ass I, I saw a big ass raccoon the size of a cat. Yeah. And uh, size of lots of squirrels. Yeah, lots of squirrels. And then Corey, after we had gotten out of the water, he was like, Yeah, I saw a snake in the water. I was like, I was uh -huh. like, After we got bit by a bunch of minnows, they were <laughs> right. The like, minnows were just, they were like, Y'all food. Well, I did in my on my trip, I saw a snake too, because I saw like all the turtles like coming up and like depositing their eggs and then in the morning here comes this like six foot snake just out there hunting for all the eggs oh, and no. all of the iguanas and then i went snorkeling and saw all the beautiful colorful fish then i got swimmers here and ruined my trip water's super clear waters were oh my god so the bluest yeah. i've ever seen in my entire life and i'm not exaggerating yeah well my water was the yeah, it was so <laughs> yeah our lake not, water was like brown. you're not special was that your bath water <laughs> <laughs> it was quite possible i mean it was <laughs> I, I hate when he says it looks right at me to smile because he know it upsets me um, and then when we got back from the poconos we immediately watched stranger things because the last two episodes of the season came out <clears throat> I gotta watch it. Don't tell yes. me anything, but tell yeah, me. I want to talk about it. It's so good. It's, it's so good. You know, one thing I do want to talk about, we already talked about ages and things, uh, but recently Doja Cat is in a little bit of hot water because she reached out to Noah Schnapp, uh, who's 17. He plays Will Byers on the show. She reached out to him to try to holler at Joseph Quinn, who plays Eddie on the show. And um, I don't know why she reached out to him. I don't know why she DM'd him. Yeah, she DM'd him and was like, hey, can you get me... Um, his information and she was like wait does he have a girlfriend and he put lmao he was like slide into his dm she was like um i don't see his instagram or twitter like there's nothing to slide into and he was like here it is he like sent her the link and then he posted that screenshot mm -hmm. on tiktok mm -hmm. of her asking for his information so he came under fire he took it down then doja cat went on live and she was like yo i i know he's like a kid and whatnot like he's like she she actually doesn't even know his age. She was like, I'm pretty sure he's not 21. I'm like, Doja, he's 17. He's not even 18. <gasps> yeah. So she was like, I'm pretty sure he's not 21. She was just like, he's a kid. And you like, she was like, when you're a kid, you do dumb shit. She was like, she was like, but what he did, she was like, was like borderline like snake shit. She was like, it was kind of like weasel like, you know. And it's just just like, you she's know. 26, mind you. So she fucked up. I'm just yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I'm like Doja, you fucked up. He also fucked up. But it began with you. First of all. Why are you sliding into a child's DMs asking him to give you information to hook up with somebody else? 
in his cast. Like, right. And it's just like, you couldn't have hit up any of the adults. I mean, I guess she thought he was over 18. But do your research. But and Doja, do you, got, research. you got people for this. You're not. Right. Doja forgets she's a celebrity sometimes. Right. And you just can't do like, that. You have people that can reach out. Also, did you even. Well, you know, curiosity killed the Doja cat. <laughs> I guess so. Wow, what a great way to end this episode. <laughs> Curiosity definitely killed the Doja Cat. So. Wow. Wow. Well, well, go watch Stranger Things, Brady. I will. I'm doing it, like, right now after we finish this podcast. I'm so excited. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Brayden, yeah. we are so glad to have you back. I'm so glad to be back. Yes, and we can't wait till we're all in the same room together again uh-huh. and, like, doing this. So, guys, as always, follow me. I am Daryl Anthony on Instagram, Daryl Anthony on Twitter. And all my Twitter ain't safe for work, so don't look oh. at my likes. Well, don't put it out there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you gotta lock your shit up. Yeah. But I can't because now, because of. So you've got to create a different Twitter. You gotta. You gotta the one that you it. have now needs to be your, like, alt. And then you can create a, a little, like. Yeah, create, like, a Twitter. What do they call on The Finster thing? Uh, like a Finsta? Yeah, yeah, a Twitter. I have to do something different because right now, you don't see nothing but Diego Barros on my throat. <laughs> anyway uh, you can follow me at Ashley Aaron M on Instagram Twitter and TikTok and Facebook and that's about it mine's safe for work except for what I send you in your DMs on Twitter well my DMs are my DMs Mm -hmm. and you ain't post them you don't don't like it you don't ever like it what do you mean oh yeah no 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 you just go through it alright you can find me, Adam Andrew Rios, uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at BoxWinePoppy with a zero. My Twitter is not safe for work. It is locked, so if you don't follow me, then you ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Mr. Braden Bradley. You can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Braden Bradley. You can also check out my website, BradenBradley.com. And we will soon have you be able to check out our website at (laughs) privatesseries.com as we are doing some upgrades and renovations and we're super excited about. You can also email us at privatesseries at gmail.com and always follow us at privatesseries on Instagram. Follow us and Facebook too. Mm -hmm. We love you guys. Thank you again for joining us and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.